What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I am the Martian. I'm joined here by Ozzy. How are we doing this week, Ozzy? A little low energy this week, to be honest. Been, uh, you know, been just grinding a lot of MMA overall, just uh, between UFC and some other events. Uh, feeling a little burnt out, but uh, hopefully, you know, we get through this a little patch here, and then we've got those uh, two uh, pay-per-views back-to-back, uh, and one being in my home state of uh, the great old New York. Yeah, I definitely get what you mean about the burnout. We're in the middle of, I think, like 10 weeks in a row of straight UFC cards, and there's contender series every week. There's Bellator, uh, PFL's coming up soon. I mean, there's just nonstop fights, uh, not to mention the LFA fights, a lot of boxing going on. So I definitely understand what you mean. Not the most inspiring card e- either this week, but I still feel like we'll have some fun talking about a few of these matchups. There's definitely some bets to be made. And um, before we get into this week's card, uh, just a quick recap of last week's card, the Dern versus Rodriguez card. Only nine fights ended up happening. Uh, I only profited about 0.2 units on my official track best, but I'm happy to to end the week in the profit. And uh, you had a pretty solid week, though, Ozzy. What were your results last week? Yeah, another week in the green, just under five units bet in total, two and a, qu- uh, two and a quarter uh, units uh, in profit, you know, hit on Damon Jackson in a big way. That was that was definitely a good uh, good cash there. Had some really nice early numbers on him, and he uh, he won that fight as uh, as I expected, and many else others did too. Steve Garcia, and then a few props there. You know, the one time that I tried to do a parlay, I put in you know the women women's MMA juice in there. It doesn't hit. Uh, and then I had a little stab on Nicolau by a uh, submission, and you know that didn't get there. But you know, at five to one, I thought that was a good a good uh, bet there. Yeah, you won uh, one. Of, I think our only head-to-head matchup last week with betting on Nicolau. I bet on uh, Elliot. And um, although I did say you, you know, I told you personally that I was flipping, but on the podcast, I was, you know, I was uh, more, uh, you know, siding with uh, Elliot. But you know, later in the week, you you know me. Sometimes I'm like going back into these fights and flip flopping a little bit. But that was a great fight to bet live too, because you know Nicolau after round one was like plus two hundred. Then Elliot after round or after round two was plus two hundred. So you know, if you have availability of those live markets, you know definitely value to be had a little bit. Yeah, live lines are big every week. They saved me from uh, half my Mackenzie Dern loss because, you know, there were some pretty good live lines available mm-hmm. on Rodriguez there. But uh, that's enough about last week. 11 fights this week uh, for our 11th episode of the podcast. And we're going to start things off in the women's strawweight division where, where we have Ariane Carnelosoli as the minus 164 favorite. Isatel Nunez making a UFC debut plus 134. Um I'll start this one out because it's kind of a I think it's going to be kind of a fun fight. Honestly, uh, I enjoy sometimes analyzing these lower level women's fights like this. Nunez hasn't fought in about three years, but the woman does look like a solid offensive striker. Um, does not see much defense or any grappling, uh, but I do think she has solid offensive technique. And Carlos Soli got dropped by Liang in her last fight and got outstruck badly by Angela Hill. And Carlos Soli just looks like kind of a punching bag on the feet. And I think that when the fight's on the uh, on the feet at distance, Nunez is actually going to have the advantage there. And Carnelo Soli probably wants to get the fight to the floor. But if you rewatch her fight against Liang, that crazy fight that had a lot of grappling, Carnelo Soli didn't actually hit a takedown in that fight. There were a lot of just sloppy exchanges that ended up on the floor. And I thought Carnelo Soli looked pretty weak in the grappling there. She's lucky she just had a terrible opponent who put up really little to no resistance and, and faded very quickly in that fight. But I think it's kind of crazy that Carnelo Soli is this much of a favorite after how sloppy she looked in her last fight. And even though there are a lot of unknowns about Nunez, uh, 
very long layoff for her, no UFC experience. I think she's the side to be on here at plus money because I, I just can't trust uh, uh, Carnelo Soli at that favorite price. So I don't disagree with the stab on Nunes. I think she's the better striker here, has a really good chance to win the fight if it stays at distance. So um, I'll, t I'll pick Nunes here as the underdog to pull off the striking decision upset. And uh, what about you, Ozzy? What are you thinking about this? Uh, you think this is kind of a fun matchup as well as uh, like me or what? Well, so the line here has been uh, coming in a little bit, and Carnelosi, right? You definitely wouldn't have passed uh, Anik and Florian's uh, pronunciation test. Carnelosi's, um, you know, her striking, like she got immediately dropped by Liang in that last fight. Like she looks like, um, you know, she walks onto punches, you know, pretty often. But I mean, Nunez, if you look at that last fight she had at one championship, like literally nothing happened. Like she just stared at that girl. I, I, I can't believe I spent. You know, yeah, six minutes, minutes watching that. I, shit. Well, I watched that on double speed, so I'll, oh, and, for and sure, was, yeah. And then yeah, I was pounding, through. I was pounding that skip button because literally nothing was happening. <laughs> so I think I might have spent four and a half minutes on that one. Uh, but literally nothing happened. She was just staring at her, and I know she looks like she could, you know, uh, put out some damage and stuff like that. But I just can't trust this girl to do that much. Um, Carnalosi is pretty. Is pretty Hold up, your connections. Uh. Taking a break. Say it again. Um, to uncork, you know, a bunch of shots and and land. But I think if Carnalosi takes her down, you know, her ground game, uh, Nunez's ground game just looked too weak against Lee for me to be confident in her. Um, but so so I'm not knocking too much of the the dog price uh play on her because. You know, Carnalosi is a bit sloppy on the feet and, can, and is hittable and on the ground doesn't have the best control. But I just can't get too uh, much behind her just because of the long layoff and the fact that, uh, you know, she looks to be a bit inactive uh, when the fight is at distance. So I'll pick Carnalosi, but uh, no wager for me, especially now that at that, you know, minus 150 range uh, that it's at right now. Yeah, you brought up some good points, and uh, you did cut out for a second there. Sorry if anybody hears a little bit of uh, of connection issues on Aussie's end of this podcast. We'll try to do our best to minimize that. But, yeah, she did look extremely tentative in that one fight. She did get pretty dominated on the ground by Angela Lee. So um, that those are worrisome. I was pretty skeptical of her going into her footage. Like I watched her fights first and I thought this woman's no good. But then I rewatched the Carnal Carnalossi footage and I realized how bad she was. And I flipped back to going on the dog here. So um, I'm glad we're disagreeing on this one to have some, some fun. And that's going to bring us on to the next fight. Very fun matchup in the Bantamweight division. We got uh, Dana Batgarel as the minus 188 favorite taking on Brandon Davis plus 152. Uh, what are your thoughts on Brandon Davis coming back to the UFC here, Ozzy? This should be a good scrap. Uh, Brandon Davis uh, fought some good competition in the UFC. I think he he's uh, always been in between on what he's better at, um, if it's like striking or if he should be implementing his ground game. You know, he went outside the UFC, picked up four wins albeit against some soft competition and now he's back now um you know the only fights that he won in the ufc are against uh you know steve peterson and randy costa but the other other losses are pretty solid um i think here it's gonna be a pretty solid hold up uh say that say that again i heard some static 
Yeah, I think that uh, Davis is, you know, pretty durable, but uh, being at 135, you never know. It's definitely ne never going to be an easy cut for him. Uh, Dana just kind of looks for the knockout a little bit too much for my liking a bit. Um, and then on the ground, if Davis can change some of these takedowns, I think he might have the ability to to take uh, Dana down. But Dana has great volume on the feet. If you look at that uh, fight against uh, Alatang, he put out tons of volume in, you know, all three rounds, although he was controlled in that last round and he definitely has some power but i think davis here can mix up the low kicks uh some strikes to the head and then uh you know dive in on some takedowns here uh and give uh dana some trouble there um in the clinch i think davis you know might be able to be the more active and stronger guy uh and use the underhooks and, and some of his uh knees in there uh to stifle some of uh you know dana trying to get away and stay in space and i think this will be um the first fight that Dana uh, has in the smaller octagon, um, which I think will will be a little bit to Davis's advantage. So, you know, the price is coming down a little bit. I think I see why um, I might, you know, get involved here on the Davis side, even though I am a big fan of Dana. I had a huge bet on him against uh, Natividad. Um, so I think he's his side here. Um, but I think it's going to be a, a pretty good uh, uh, fight between two guys that are, you know, pretty well, uh, well matched up here. Yeah, I agree with a lot of those points. I'm definitely going to be on the, the Brandon Davis side here. already have a bet tracked on him. I took that plus 160. And you brought up a lot of the good offensive weapons that Davis has. That calf kick of his is really good. Some good knees up the middle. The guy's just a solid offensive striker, and he throws all different strikes at you. Knees, elbows, punches, kicks. I mean, he really mixes it up well, while Backrell is more of just a boxer. And I think Backrell just had two really easy matchups back to back, got quick round one knockouts in, in both of those fights. And we haven't really seen them tested since that Alatang fight. So I feel like the market is getting a little too high on Backrell here. Davis coming um, wasn't in the UFC recently. So I think there's like a lot of factors coming into this that's giving us a really good line on Davis here. So I definitely like Davis. I think he does have the grappling advantage. I didn't like what I saw. Um, off of Backrell's back when he got taken down by Alatang there. So I think that Davis has the grappling advantage here. I think he has the capability to make this fight close in the striking. And I think he also has the more UFC or the more experience against higher level competition. And uh, Davis is pretty durable too. He's eaten some big shots and, and stayed in fights like the Randy Costa fight. And I think that he should be able to, to, eat Backrow's best shots here and make the fight really competitive. And uh, I'll pick him to win. I'll pick him to win by a decision as the dog here. So I'm going with two dogs in a row. That's going to take us to the next fight, featherweight division. Another pretty fun matchup. We have Ludovic Klein at the minus 340 price tag, taking on Nate the Train Landwehr, plus 260. Um, I was really high on Landwehr coming into the UFC. I thought he was a really fun fighter. He had a lot of fun regional fights over in Russia, but I'm slowly realizing the guy is just way too defensively void. He's so hittable at all times in the fight. And also his chin seems to be kind of depleting a little bit. He ate some big head kicks in the Kolsnik fight uh, back in Russia and just walked through them. But then we started to see him get kind of wobbled uh, by Julian Arosa in his most recent fight. So I think Landwehr is going to be in some real trouble here considering he's fighting another precise, accurate striker like Ludovic Klein, who is known for landing head kicks and has knocked a lot of opponents out with head kicks. I think like five out of his past six wins in a row have come by head kick knockout or something crazy like that. And um, I just think it's a pretty easy fight to bet. Don't bet Landwehr before the fight. 
Um, I think that Ludovic's going to probably give him real issues in round one, possibly even knock him out. And if Landwehr can survive that early round one power, then maybe look to throw a small live bet on Landwehr um, if he can make it out of round one. He does have the potential, the volume to make it close. It's really just a matter of his chin. Um, and I have a hard time putting much faith in his chin. So uh, the line here, I guess it's about right. If it gets out of round one, it's going to get a lot closer though. So uh, I wouldn't advise parlaying Klein or anything here. I think if you're going to pay Klein, uh, play Klein, just stab the early knockout props. So uh, what are you thinking about this matchup, Ozzy? Also, Hold up. Your connection connection is no good. Start over. I, I also like Nate coming into the UFC. Um, and he, you know, he, he's come in. He's been knocked out two times uh, by knees. Uh, and you did, did see Ludovic. He's been training these flying knees. So I think he's uh, come out big, uh, you know, like he often does. You know, the issue with Nate is he holds his hands, like, by his nipples, like, all the time. And his head <laughs> is just, his head is just, you know, like, on a skewer there. It just, you know, doesn't move. Like, it kind of, it's, like, just super stiff. It just moves, like, with his entire body as opposed to, like, him, you know, moving his neck around. It's, like, almost like his neck was fused or something. I don't know. It's really strange. But, you know, I think, you know, he has some skills here. I think he, he probably has... um. A little bit better. I mean, I don't know. You know, I think the knock on him earlier was people were saying like, hey, like this guy's got no balance. I think that's what they were saying when he was fighting Elkins, like the Elkins would be able to get easy takedowns. But that wasn't really the case that, that much there. Um, so I don't think that uh, Ludovic uh, will be able to get those like bailout takedowns that he was going after against uh, Trezano, which is something that, you know, was kind of like was like a red like a red flag to me there that um you know although this guy you know he he poses himself as like this master striker and stuff um you know he was shooting in on on Trezano a ton there and didn't look that comfortable when, when once Trezano was able to you know start coming forward on him so I think that the same thing could happen here uh against uh, uh um I, I almost call this guy Elkins against Landwehr but the thing is Landwehr early on could just get hit so much that like you said it's probably not that wise to get on him pre-fight but you know I don't love the Ludovic side obviously it's gonna keep uh be parlayed um you know this guy's only been to like two decisions or eight hold up hold up it's connections lagging out again try, try, try again uh, uh can you hear me now yeah yeah I said that Ludovic got a rear naked choke by Aiden Lee. And if you saw Aiden Lee against Aaron Pico, you know, definitely not a, a ground specialist there. So, you know, I think this fight could get competitive for sure. Um, I'll, I'll pick uh, Klein, but there's no chance I, I'd have any money on him at all at this minus 300 price. Yeah, I honestly hope Nate can find a way to pull off the upset. I mean, the guy is such a fun fighter to watch when he's screaming and yelling there. The Darren Elkins fight is uh, a great fight, uh, fun fight to watch. Um, so I ho hope he can somehow pull off the upset. Um, but you might as well just wait after the first few minutes to bet him here. Uh, could be a good live bet, though. Um, so next fight, we actually just had a line come out for this within the past five minutes. So insane timing by uh, by Best Fight Odds to release that. Um, in the women's flyweight division, we have Lupita uh, Godinez coming in on short notice, taking on Luana Carolina. 
And the line we have here is Godinez minus 285, Carolina plus 225. So first reaction to hearing that line, Ozzy, what are your thoughts? I mean, you know, Godinez is just a ter- like I told these guys we're in the we're in the Godinez era. They're not giving this girl fights like this for no reason. Uh, like there's a reason she's gonna start getting pushed. Um, you know, she's got that Canadian and Mexican uh, you know combo there. You don't see that very often. Um, and she's taken on here. Um, what's her name? Uh, Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. Who you know her last fight again? I, I, I'm be honest, I didn't watch that. I, I obviously did not watch her tape here because I didn't know she was getting an opponent. Um, in her last fight against, uh, what's her name? Um, Pollyanna, Pollyanna, yeah. right? Pollyanna, Botello. Yeah, um, you know, tons of people were on Pollyanna. She was like minus 200 there. Um, and you know, she, she ended up tiring out, I think after maybe taking her down or, or winning early, you know, if I remember correctly. And then Luana was able to start turning up on her. I think she, she got some top position. But I keep, I'll be, hold up. One, two, one sec. Going through a static period. Try again. She's more than her. Have the way, have the way better hands. Have have the way better hands. Uh, and be able to take her down. And on the ground, I think she has the ground advantage here. Um, you know, uh, Carolina has some jujitsu background, but I don't think it positionally she's very solid. Um, Godinez just needs to watch out for some of the kicks uh, because this is a weight, you know, is a 10 pounds off of her normal weight class, and she'll be at a distinct height advantage. But I think she'll try to get the wrestling going and uh, be able to um, get the clinch and take uh, uh, Carolina down. But she needs to be careful from those knees and stuff because, you know, Carolina has surprised people on. A number of occasions. Now I'm gonna be uh, a bit contrarian here. I don't really like this matchup for Godinez. You know, I was impressed by her in her last fight. Um, you know, just last week. Um, and you know, she had all this momentum at 115. I feel like it's kind of stupid for her to go up to 125 because nobody knows who Luana Carolina Carolina is. It's not gonna be like some prestigious win. So I feel like it's kind of a risky career move for her to do this. Um, but. You know, looking at, you said the height discrepancy. I mean, Carolina is going to be four inches taller and eight inches longer. I mean, we're going to be at a big size of disadvantage here for, for uh, Godinez. And, you know, I do think she is the better overall fighter. I, you know, she's going to have much more success in her natural weight class. But I'm, I just get bad vibes about this matchup for some reason. Um, you know, Godinez did show that she has some grappling skill in her last fight uh, versus Juarez. But I mean, Juarez, not a UFC level opponent. Um, I-, I told you guys coming in there that the woman, all she was was a decent offensive striker. And she really wasn't going to pro- pose much of a problem for Godinez. And she pr- posed no resistance whatsoever. So I feel like Godinez is getting overrated here. Minus 285 is way too high. I mean, this is pr- practically the same line that Poliana Botello just was. and. Botello is a more natural 125er. Uh, I think she had more grappling tape out there. And I just feel like this this um, line's a bit of an overreaction. So I honestly expect the line to close a little bit tighter here. Um, I don't think that she's going to, uh, Carolina's going to stay at over my, plus 200 for long. Um, I just think that, like I said, the size disadvantage uh, is going to be big for her. And Carolina is decent in the clinch. You were right about that Botello fight. She did get taken down and lose round one, but. Uh, Carolina just kind of leaned on her in the clinch and outstruck Botello in rounds two and three in the clinch. So if Godinez can get in similar position, she's going to be in trouble with that size disadvantage against the clinch here. So I think Carolina 
Carolina by decision probably is going to be worth a stab here. It'll probably be plus three or four hundred. So yeah, definitely stab on Carolina here uh, on the short notice matchup. And uh, that's going to move us to probably my favorite fight on the card in the welterweight division. We have Ramazan Ameev as the minus two. 280 favor. Actually, let's. I'll, I'll quote the be, uh, best uh, bet online line for this one. Ramazan Amiv minus 315. Danny Roberts plus 265 on the comeback. So, pretty wide line there, Ozzy. What are you thinking about this welterweight matchup? Yeah, so you're kind of you're getting ex- the exact same price on Danny Roberts as you got uh, Zawada last time, and you saw that a fight was kind of a struggle for Amiv overall. He got his leg kicked. Um, he was struggling to consolidate top time, you know, and the thing with Danny Roberts, so is, you know, he's pretty competent, you know, he's been training at these, you know, black zillions first, I think. And with Henry Hoof, he followed them to wherever they're at now, wherever they call their gym now, Sanford. Um, so, you know, he's been getting high level training. He hasn't been staying over there in England. Uh, he, he doesn't have that many bad losses on his record. But the thing with Danny Roberts is, you know, he's well rounded. He has power. Um, he knows the ground game a little bit, but he's just a floppy guy. Like he's like a noodle, you know, he'll sometimes he'll try to like offensively wrestle and then he'll just end up on his back or he'll like slip or he'll fall. And you know, against a Meave, you can't, you know, you could beat a Meave. You can't beat him. You can't make the fight difficult. But if you make mistakes, like, oh, take, take, take a five second break. You know, if mistakes like some of these guys have been making, you know, this guy, he he won't give you too much uh, more opportunity. So, you know, I do think that on the feet, you know, Robert should be able to stay at range somewhat. I don't think he's that easy to to hold against the fence. You know, he'll use the Muay Thai clinch, you know, he'll, he'll dig under hooks. Um, you know, I think he's athletic enough that if uh, Amiv is going for leg attacks, like, uh, you know, singles and doubles, he'll be able to, you know, defend those a bit. And then he does have some power, definitely more power than the last few opponents that uh, Amiv fought. So, you know, I do think this is a wide line. You know, I think the bookies, you know, they just haven't been uh, made to pay on any of these uh juiced up Amiv line. So, you know, I, I think you just got to keep hitting these underdogs, you know, as they come. And Danny Roberts, very capable. He's been off for a while. So I would think that he's trying to, you know, get get uh, get this win streak going. But it's been two years since the guy's fought. Um, you know, I don't know what he's been up to too much. I don't know where he's really training at all that much. But the same thing for Amiv. I don't remember. I think he fought earlier this year. But, um, you know, I, I think that the fight would be competitive. I think on the feet, you know, Roberts would be able to land that left hand, um, you know, maybe use his kicks, those front kicks a little bit. Um, but Amiv does have a little bit of an underrated uh, overhand. Um, and then obviously when he's on, you know, on top, he's, you know, the Russian coast takes into effect and he'll just, you know, lay and pray for a bit. So, you know, the thing with Danny Roberts is he's pretty active. So I th- do think he's a good underdog. I know that you like him a lot. So I'll let you take it away from here and uh, give your uh, thoughts on it. Yeah, you brought up a lot of good points about uh, about both these guys already, and uh, a little bit what I talked about earlier. I think a lot of factors are going into making this this line really good. Uh, Amiv has been winning his decisions lately. The long layoff from Danny Roberts, but the guy's coming off of an impressive knockout win over Imadayev. He was able to get some grappling going in that fight. Had some back and forth grappling exchanges, and 
he eventually was smashing the inside leg of uh, Imadayev and then knocked him out with that left hand. So I definitely think that Danny Roberts is the better striker than Amiv. He's much more damaging. I mean, Amiv doesn't hurt uh, anything. He doesn't land hard strikes. He doesn't go for ground to pound. He doesn't look to submit anybody. The guy just constantly cruises to decisions. And I'm not seeing like many improvements from the guy at all. I mean, I think he's the same fighter he always has been. And I think that Danny Roberts has a lot more potential to actually come in here and show like a level up and show some increased skill coming off of that long layoff, coming off a two-year layoff. And he has been training with good guys a little bit all over the place. But um, I remember before Danny Roberts fight against Claudio Silva, I had some faith in him there. He did eventually lose that fight. But I just think that Roberts is a pretty capable defensive grappler. He knows what he's doing, how to defend takedowns. He knows how to get up off a bottom. He knows how to stay safe in defensive positions. And I don't think the guy's a terrible grappler at all. So I think the only way that Ameev is justifying minus 300 here is with lots of top time. I'm talking like two or three minutes of every single round because whenever this fight is at distance, I expect the Roberts to be having the big moments, landing the better strikes. And I think that Roberts has a really good chance to pull off the upset here. I'm going to be on him for over one unit, I think. I mean, I think this line is getting so high and inflated that you got to just keep increasing that bet amount. I was considering betting Roberts at plus 200. And now that he's almost at plus 300, I'm going to be betting more on him. So I like Roberts a lot here. I think he has the finishing upside, and I think he honestly could win rounds here. I mean, if David Zawada made that fight close for it to be a split decision, uh, Stolze almost won a round off of Eve. I, I think that Roberts is more than capable of pulling off the decision victory here. So I like Roberts for a bet here. And that's going to take us to the last fight on the prelims. Another fun fight. Another interesting underdog we got. Um, Bruno Silva coming in at minus 155. Andrew Sanchez coming back plus 135. And um, you can start this one off, Ozzy, again. What, what are your thoughts on this one? Probably say this is this is probably my favorite one of the fights that I'm looking forward to the most in this fight uh, on this card. I should say, um, you know, a, a, a fight like as many as who killed a one tournament. Uh, you want to get that? Um, you know, so. Two more here, I think, who are very uh, pretty talented overall. Um, Bruno Silva had a, has had a ton of fights um, before he's reached UFC. Is a proven finisher. I think he's got 17 KOs over his like 20 wins or whatever it is. And Andrew Sanchez, you know, former tough winner, you know, a, a collegiate wrestler, um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like purple belt, brown belt. I'm not sure what it is, but has has had some accolades in that. Um, and he's uh, moved over to a new camp for this fight. He's over at uh, AKA getting trained by uh, Javier Mendez, Khabib, all those guys there. Um, and I think it's a good move for him. I, uh, you know, I've always been high on Andrew Sanchez. You know, I think uh, some matchmaking has been interesting for him a little bit. You know, I think he had uh, cardio issues early on uh, in his career. When he got that mar Marvin Vittori fight, I was pretty surprised at that matchmaking. Um, and then he had to ha uh, fight Muradov uh, in, in a, a fight or two ago. But I think here in this fight, it, it, it's one that uh, could, he could fight to his strengths a little bit. 
you know, when I'm watching Bruno Silva, I think the the things that, you know, uh, stand out for me is he's definitely a knockout artist. He, you know, he has power, you know, in all his strikes. But, you know, he's he's a guy who he, he doesn't he kind of like pulls out uh, what we like to call those mean finishes or those finishes that kind of come out of nowhere. He's got some good kicks. I think uh, some good knees as well. You know, I think if he's hurting Andrew Sanchez, it'll come, you know, some somewhere in the clinch or maybe like an uppercut or something like that. But what I like about Andrew Sanchez, he has a pretty good in and out movement. Um, I think he has maybe some some of that karate karate background a little bit. You know, his hands have been a little low for my liking, especially in a matchup here against Silva. But I think he's going to be able to get his wrestling going, um, you know, somewhat. If you look at some of Bruno Silva's losses, he's got one loss to one guy where he's just getting absolutely ran through the whole time. Like every takedown this guy shot on him, you know, he ran through him uh, on a number of occasions. Rimbone, is that that guy's name? Rimbone or something? Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, it was a number of years ago, but he was just, you know, plowing through him with every takedown and he tried, uh, you know, on the clinch him and then eventually Hold up, hold up. Take, take a second break. Sorry, Go ahead. On his shots, um, and then also with his hands as well, he's good at um, what we call going third, where he'll like start start to like faint a little bit, wait for your reaction, and then and then hit you or you know hit you after you finish uh, you know on the counter. And Bruno Silva, if you see, he covers up a lot. He'll have like his hands. He'll be in the retreat. He's not the best counter puncher, which I think will be his opportunity to hurt Sanchez um, if Sanchez is like overcommitting on some strikes. And then you saw that Bruno uh, in that Wellington fight. He got hugged uh, quite a bit. He got taken down a little bit, um, and he was, you know, getting up, and Terman was, you know, uh, um, complacent, you know, to to just go to the ground, uh, go his back, which I don't think Andrew Sanchez will be. Um, I know sharp sharp money on both sides of this, so there's a little bit of a battle going on here. And, you know, to be honest, if you look at the line movement, um, the Bruno Silva side is winning right now. But I don't think that's the right side. I like Andrew Sanchez here. I've always liked him. You know, and I think that here he's going to be able to fight to his strengths, keep this fight on his script, uh, and have more ways to win. You know, I think the biggest knock on him is the cardio. But I think he's going to be able to fight more efficiently with a better game plan that, and, and, uh, that he's had in the past and is at a is at a better camp um you know for his strength so i like him uh for in a, in a big not in a big way but i like him here you know as a plus 135 dog for sure um and uh let's see it play out because i'm very interested uh in in how the fight will take take shape as a whole yeah i hate to echo too many of uh ozzy's same points but he brought up something really good about the training camp i actually hadn't realized this but uh some pictures of him training recently with with luke rockhold and uh uh, islam mamadov uh duran win he's even getting some wrestling in with uh mason fowler uh, dc yuri simones a lot a lot of good grapplers a lot of big guys and i think that moving over there is a really good move i'm glad you brought that up ozzy but uh, I was on Wellington Tournament in the first fight, and I thought that he did do the things I wanted him to do. He he was shooting takedowns. He had the back take. Um, just, you know, obviously fell off in pretty embarrassing fashion there. But I don't think that Silva is really that good at anything. I think the only thing he's really good at is ground and pound. I mean, the guy does have some vicious power in his ground and pound, but his stand-up is choppy. His takedown defense isn't good. He's not a great grappler. I mean, I think the guy's just some athletic freak with uh, insane power. I think he's kind of a worse version of uh, Jerry Prochaska, honestly. And Andrew Sant, Andrew Sant, I mean, yeah, I mean, Jerry's way better than this guy. But you know what I mean? Like, he's got... <laughs> 
Jerry's got some real skill though. So I, maybe I'm a little unfair with that, but Sanchez, I mean, I just think he's got the better technique, the better skill in all areas. I think he's a better boxer. He's a much more traditional fighter who can fight with a consistent pace. And if Andrew Sanchez wants to here, I think he should be able to hit takedowns. And I think keeping top position is going to be hard. Silva does like to explode. But, I mean, Sanchez can just wear on him against the fence, hit takedowns, box him up at range. And I like Sanchez here as a dog, too. And, you know, plus one, I was considering betting him at plus 120, plus 115. But, um you know, the line's going up, so you might as well just wait and see where this line's going to go. It seems like it's keep it keeps going in Bruno Silva's favor. And, you know, I like Andrew Sanchez here as well. Ozzy almost said he's big. I think somewhere in between small and big, a medium-sized bet on uh, Sanchez is warranted here because, um, I, I don't know, I just think the, the market is still way too heavy on this Bruno Silva guy, and I don't think the guy is too skilled or has much of a process as a fighter. So I'm down to feed him again, and uh, I like the plus money on Andrew Sanchez. In my, in my power rankings, I've always had Sanchez really high. I have him as close to top 15 middleweight you know, on any given day, and I think he's going to look good in this way, man. I, I feel I'm confident in him. Yeah, and, you know, He's coming off a loss as well in his last fight. I think that's part of the reason why we're getting a good yeah, he, line. He on won him. his last fight, but the, he got knocked out by Muradov in that Connor on that Connor card, and he came back and knocked out Andrew. Or am I mixing up? No, no, word? yeah, that was after. Yeah, you're. Uh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, so, yeah, so he got knocked out by Muradov in his last fight. Yeah. Oh, and talk about that tournament knockout! Absolutely vicious knockout. I mean, the dude just lands like eight punches in a row at one point and just sends Terman to another dimension. I mean, great knockout from uh, you see that Terman fight. That's what I'm talking about with some of his counter counter ability and how he was beating Terman to the punch and some of the angles. And then in that Murata fight, it was just a guy who, you know, is a very, very talented boxer that he wasn't able to, to get that off on. But Bruno Silva, he lets you get in on him both in the striking uh, department and in the grappling department. Yep, so we're both in agreement here on Sanchez, liking him, and we're going to move on to the main card here, and uh, we got six fights down already. No, 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 we have five fights down already, six left. No, uh, who gives a shit? So we're <laughs> going to move on to Marquez, minus 260, Jordan Wright, plus 220. I'll start this one off, and I like the Beverly Hills Ninja here, man, plus 220 against Julian Marquez. I'm always down to take that. Um Another guy here, Marquez, I just don't think he's that good. I think the market is always overrating this guy. I mean, he was uh, minus 170, minus 185 to Maki Patolo. He looked like the underdog in that fight. Um, Maki Patolo ran out of gas. And I mean, I guess the one thing that Marquez does good is aggression, and he knows how to pour it on. He knows how to find finishes. I'll give him credit there. He is good at that, but... I don't think his distance striking is very good. I mean, the guy's not a good defensive grappler. Um, I mean, the guy had a very competitive round with Sam Alvey in his last fight, and Sam Alvey's chin just looks very depleted at that 185 weight class, and Marquez was able to get him out of there. But I think the distance striking exchanges between these two guys are going to be really close. I mean, Jordan Wright is a skilled distance striker. He has some power in his shots. He knows how to mix in a high kick, some good knees in there. And I think he has the power to really put Marquez in bad spots here. So I think we're going to see back and forth striking exchanges. And I think there's a good chance that Wright hurts Marquez here and maybe he's able to translate it into a finish. I mean, if the fight goes late, I do kind of have to favor the, the cardio and the output and aggression of Marquez. Um, another good attribute about Marquez is his cardio. It is good. Um, Wrights isn't so proven in terms of the cardio, but I don't think we haven't seen anything necessarily bad from Wright in terms of cardio. Uh, I think he won uh, a fight late into the second round versus Gabriel Checo. I don't think 
there's any like evidence of uh, right having bad cardio out there per se. So I just think this line is too wide. I don't think that uh, Marquez is skilled enough and has enough ways to win to be minus 260 here, especially early on in the fight. I think that uh, it might get to like evens in the live line and maybe you can trade out in the live line, but plus 220 for uh, right who I expect to have a good round one. I think he's worth a small bet here. So uh, what are your thoughts? First fight on the main card here, Ozzy. Yeah, man, you know, people definitely been seeming this, you know, I think, uh, you know, when they saw that minus 175, they got, you know, their eyes started getting, you know, wide, uh, you know, we're in a juice era nowadays. So, you know, I think every, you know, people, people are getting a little bit overzealous here. This is a little bit of a too wide of a line for me uh, to be interested in Julian Marquez just because, you know, at range, you know, this guy doesn't really jab all that often. Like, I'm, you know, I thought Sam Alvey's going to win that fight. And, you know, it's a very disappointing performance overall from him. You know, uh, uh, Wright is going to have a five-inch reach advantage. I think he'll be a little bit quicker than Marquez. Marquez is a little plodding, a little slow overall. Hold on, take a 10-second. Maki Patolo still. In that Maki Patolo fight, you know, he just couldn't get off on Maki at all. You know, Maki was able to time him really, really easily. uh, And he was having just a hard time landing any shots overall on him and just kept getting, you know, put in the clinch and grounded and stuff. So, you know, I'm interested to see what Wright's approach is. Is he going to skirt around, you know, the the octagon and, you know, look to uh, fight at range? Is he going to mix it up a lot in the clinch? You know, uh, Wright has shown a pretty good chin. And, uh, you know, I don't think that uh, Julian is is like some big you know huge hitter you know he's finished you know he's got three submission wins his last three wins all by submission um so i think right here if this gets a little wider i think i'll I'll just have to make a play on him out of uh principle uh julian is very very tough but i do think he fights pretty stupid overall he doesn't really fight to his strengths that often uh and you know right overall i do think has some skills but has not been very deep into fights most of his finishes are in the first round but he's pretty dynamic he finds the chin he finds chokes you know he finds the off button whether you like it or not uh and and he showed that he doesn't you know quit like that you know uh buckley was hitting him with some bombs uh and he was in there until he uh, finally got turned uh, turned off and he's even fought at higher weight classes as well so you know i don't i don't see why people would be that inclined to lay this kind of juice on you know jordan right i mean uh, excuse me on julian marquez um you know it's purely a fade on jordan right you know i feel and i don't think it's that warranted i i, I could see under minus 200 but now where we're going here um you know i don't think that marquez poses that many uh skill advantages uh on right that uh you could feel really good uh at this price yeah, I think we're seeing a lot of these favorites just getting overjuiced uh, based on the past few weeks. And I think like this card is going to turn around the juice here. I think we're going to get some dogs cashing on this card. And um, you brought up a good point about Jordan's chin. I don't think the guy's chin is that bad. I mean, I know he got knocked out by Buckley and by uh, Hernandez in the contender series. But those guys are like relentless pressure boxers. And I just don't think that Marquez is that type of guy. And I think that Wright's going to surprise some people here. I think the market is kind of low on this guy. Um, that's going to take us to the next fight, which is in uh, the women's flyweight division, a fight that was rebooked from a few weeks back. We have uh, Manon Fierote as the minus 230 favorite, taking on Maria Bueno Silva, plus 195 dog. This line's a bit closer than it was just a few weeks ago. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, Oz? You can start this one off. 
this is another this is a very very good fight uh it was interesting that it got so low it got to like minus 175 at one point um you know two girls who i do think are very very good fighters in that flyweight division you know firo has not had uh much competition uh in the ufc thus far she fought leonardo and then my poor girl tabitha reaching on short notice there um but you know this girl she has uh some good striking i like her left hand you know she does throw some zipping punches out there you know has some good uh knees throws you know in the clinch she's good um and you know and and it's pretty powerful overall well built i think that she has some potential here in this uh, flyweight division to pose a lot of girls problems um and i and i'm high on uh, bueno silva as well you know, I, I felt awful that I didn't win that last bet on her versus uh, Montana De La Rosa. I was watching that fight again, man. They credited Montana with like 35 strikes in that third round. It's just ridiculous stuff by these stat guys. Um, but, you know, just getting back to this fight, you know, I think that um, the main thing is Bueno Silva, although she has good, you know, good enough conditioning, she does not fight, put the fight on her script uh, too often. She'll get held against the fence. Uh, you know, she doesn't move her head. Uh, she does throw some good strikes, um, but overall, they're not really good combos. You know, she she throws like good overhands, good uppercuts and stuff like that. But she she like just walks forward sometimes. It's not in position to defend often. You know, she could get double legged even here by Firo or just clinch takedown like tripped up here um, because she is just so willing to just go with um, Take a, take a five second break. All right, go ahead. I think Firo here uh, in the later rounds as well will have some, will just carry her speed advantage a little bit more um, and be able to land that left hand uh, pretty often. So I, I like her here. You know, it's, it's gotten to a price where it's, you know, for me, you know, I don't really like laying more than, you know, north of 200, especially on some of these, you know, uh, women's MMA fights uh, all that much. So I'm maybe trying to look at a total here, maybe, or Firo, uh, you know, maybe by decision here, but that, it's not that great of a price considering the fact that. Like I said, um, you know, Bueno Silva does not move her head that often, and uh, Firo does have some good power. So anybody that got in on this line under minus 190, very, very good bet in my opinion. I think that uh, Firo will be able to control this fight, land that left hand, stifle the offense that's coming back her way uh, from uh, Bueno Silva, and, you know, win this fight maybe, you know, later on. You know, I think she might even get maybe a knockdown here or, or, or have some top game, uh, top time uh, as well. But she's got to watch out for some of those, like sh like I said, shots from Bueno Silva, those uppercuts, some of those kicks, knees, elbows. Like the, She's a nasty girl. She's looking to put damage on you. And I think this should be a, a very, very good fight and a, a good one to be on the main card. Yeah, I think this is going to be the first time where uh, Bueno Silva is actually going to be able to strike with an opponent. Pretty much all of her past fights in the UFC have involved a lot of grappling. And when she's on the feet, she's usually hurting women pretty badly. That's why the fight ends up going into the grappling. This is going to be the first time where she's going to be facing a striker that is willing to strike with her. And I think we're going to see a big difference between these women striking. We're going to see Fiero with that more karate outside striking style, landing the better punches at distance, landing the better uh, strikes while they're kind of far away from each other. But if Bueno Silva can get this fighting close, get it in the clinch, we're going to see Bueno Silva's Muay Thai advantage come there because she throws nasty knees and elbows. I mean, she butchered Marin Moraz's face in round three. Um, she landed all the damage in that Montana De La Rosa fight. Um, so I think that it's going to be really interesting to see who gets the fight in their preferred striking range here.
And both these women, I think, mostly struggle with grappling. Uh, we saw some bad grappling from Fiero before the UFC. We've seen some bad grappling from Bueno Silva in the UFC. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see if either woman attempts takedowns here. We did see Fierode hit takedowns in both of her UFC fights so far, and she might do do that here to exploit Bueno Silva because once Bueno Silva's on her back, she can throw up an armbar, has submitted op opponents with that, but besides that, she can lay on her back for long periods of time. Um, so I think there's actually a good chance that Fierode could hit top, takedowns and keep top here. You could say the same about Bueno Silva. She could also look to exploit the grappling. So I just think considering that um, Bueno Silva isn't going to be very discouraged from the striking here. I think it's going to be the toughest striking test of Fierro's career. I think the value is going to be in the dog here. Uh, I do agree with Ozzy with the Fierro under minus 200 being a good bet because I will still be picking her to win the fight via decision. But I just think this fight's going to be real close in the striking. Um, either woman could get on top and get some significant top time here. And I think Bueno Silva, with her good cardio as well, she carries that power and speed late into the fight. She came back in one round three versus Mraz, came back and had a big round three versus uh, De La Rosa. I think that this fight gets real close if it goes to decision. So uh, Bueno Silva decision is probably worth a stab here, whatever those odds are, probably even the plus three or 400 range. Uh, but yeah, very fun fight, as Ozzy mentioned. Um, very deserving to be on the main card. And next fight in the lightweight division, we have Jim Miller, minus 230, taking on Eric Gonzalez, plus 195. Always nice to see Jim Miller on a card. Most fights in UFC history. Um, I think the guy's, you know, kind of a Hall of Famer, even though he never really was an elite level fighter. Um, he's just been around so long having great fights. I always like watching the guy fight. And he's got a pretty easy matchup in front of him here with Eric Gonzalez. Um, not able to find footage of Eric Gonzalez's most recent fights, but his fights from a few years ago, I would say, are pretty worrisome. The guy kind of has like a poor man's Tony Ferguson style where he walks forward and tries to land offense with his hands real low, but his defense is terrible. He eats strikes nonstop. And the guy's also a pretty bad defensive grappler. Got taken down by Humberto Bande, um, got held against the cage by Bande there. And if Miller attacks the grappling here early, I think there's a great chance that he just pretty much instantly submits Gonzalez here because I think Miller should be the much better jiu-jitsu grappler once he hits the floor. Gonzalez's wrestling isn't good, and even though Jim Miller has about seven or eight minutes where the gas left in his tank, we've seen him hit uh, a wall in the past three or four of his fights at that seven or eight minute mark. I still think he can get off early enough here, and if he grapples early, he could honestly finish Gonzalez in the first half of this fight. Obviously, if he gets into the second half of the fight, you do have to start to question that minus 230 price tag on Miller, but I think you'll have a better opportunity to live bet Gonzalez than his current plus 200 price tag. So honestly, this line is probably about right. Even though Miller is deep into his career, has been fading late in fights, I just think that Gonzalez has so many weaknesses that Jim Miller can still exploit them and uh, win the fight likely by submission. So I'll pick Jim Miller by submission in round one or two here. Uh, what are you thinking about the Eric Gonzalez here? Man, you know, this is an interesting fight. You know, I was going to be all over Nicholas Mata in that fight that was supposed to happen last month. You know, Jim Miller got COVID. I don't know how invested Jim Miller is, you know, now. I know he's talking about being on, like, UFC 300. Not sure if he's going to make it there. You know, he's getting, <laughs> he's getting a fight here in Eric Gonzalez, and Gonzalez, who 
we're being honest, Gonzalez probably should not be in the UFC. So it looks like to me a bit of a softball, you know, uh, that they're giving Miller here. But the thing with Miller is, man, you know, you look at that Joe Selecki fight. He just is not active outside of that first round. You know, he comes out, he's got some juice in him. But, you know, just I don't see the fire in him anymore. Um, you know, Gonzalez, for all his flaws, the thing is, like, if Miller cannot consolidate top time or, you know, lock on to a neck and finish the first one that he gets, I just don't think about him at all. You know, if I mean, uh, take, take 10 seconds. Should be good. Gonzalez needs to know... Uh, that he needs to drag Jim Miller into a later fight here. You know, obviously he's not that great. You know, he'll leave his neck out there a little bit when he does try to offensively wrestle at range. You know, he's not putting anything out there that Jim Miller hasn't seen. Uh, and, and and but he does have better cardio than him. Uh, I think that he's has to have some energy, a lot of energy to be into the UFC now for the first time. But the fact that Jim Miller has got COVID, had COVID last month and just his last few performances just leaves me a bit uh you know a bit skeptical about him winning a fight but i'll say that you know as a, a favorite jim miller has performed pretty well so when he he is favored to win he's usually pretty reliable i'm not touching him here even though i'm a big jim miller fan he's a northeast legend uh obviously he's got almost 50 fights so you know i would hope that he locks down a takedown here and then uh, looks at advanced position shortly thereafter but if this guy makes uh jim miller work you know it, it it could be tough sledding for him and i do think the fight is favored to go the distance i think they're banking on uh you know uh gonzalez being maybe a little bit tougher to finish than most so you know i think uh given that i know although that has been been getting down the under has been getting bet but just given all these variables you know if that gonzalez line gets for like we're in the juice era so if we're getting like close to like 230 maybe i'll maybe consider gonzalez but no you know otherwise i'm just watching it and rooting for jim miller uh to get a win uh and advance to 33 and 16. he's got that nice 666 uh uh percentage like win percentage so he needs to get off that that bad number there but that could be a you know o- ominous sign there you know that 666 number so i'll root for good jim or, miller good or bad you know depending good on or the bad person, yeah. i'll root for jim miller man but i don't i i don't know man i don't trust this this thing it's a little fit this is a little fishy uh fight for me yeah and gonzalez some props here gonzalez knockout plus 600 i think that if he wins he's probably gonna pour it on in the second or third round and find a finish miller sub one plus 700 um and let's see what is miller sub two that could have some value as well um plus 950 those are all right um but yeah, hopefully Miller can pull off the upset here. That's going to take us to the co-main event. Incredible matchup, heavyweight division. We got Carlos Felipe minus 118, Andrzej Arlovski minus 102. You can start this one off, Ozzy. What are your thoughts on the co-main event? Yes, with this co-main event, you know, we've seen Carlos Felipe three fights in UFC, I believe, or maybe four. I think it's three. Three fights in UFC. It's four. Four four fights in the UFC, three decision wins, right? Um, all being kind of you know a, a bit close, right? I think maybe uh, one or two split decisions within that. And you know the thing with I'm looking at the matchup a lot more. You know, uh, you know obviously this fight. You know a lot of people like the over. They like this to go the distance. Um, you know the 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 
thought process most mostly uh, has been often that Andre Olavsky has a bad chin. But here against Felipe, you know, how I'm looking at this matchup, just, you know, I'm talking over myself a little bit, but is Felipe, he fights in spurts for the most part. Like, he'll, you know, throw some attacks at you, and then he'll be in his stance, and he'll be, like, bouncing around, jiggling around and stuff. But, you know, he fights in spurts where – you know, I, I feel like a guy like Andre Arlovsky, who is a just a, a, a like a fifty fight vet as well as Jim Miller was uh, last time. He know he's gonna be able to fill in those gaps and those spots where where he's gonna be able to hit Felipe, counter Felipe, and you know just come back at him at times where like a guy like Jay Collier, who's just incredibly fat and out of shape uh was not able to do where um you know jorgen de castro and who's the other guy that 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 uh felipe fought recently tafa tafa like come like these are guys yeah these are guys that they don't they've got nothing in the third round they've got you know they they have no speed they've got no counter ability like you know how it's probably the best take five Go ahead. A blown up middleweight, he's like 35% body fat, you know? So I think here... Don't uh, disrespect Jay Collier, bro. Listen, man, Jay Collier, he should have... If he was, you know, 3% in better shape, he would have won that fight. Um, True. And, you know, and... (laughs) Uh, what's his name? Uh, Felipe is just very easy to hit. You know, I, I hope that Arlovsky brings out that back fist that he introduced uh, Travis Brown to a bunch of times in the past. Uh, because I'll tell you, that's a devastating strike. And I think it'll be there for uh, for Andre Arlovsky here. I think he, he should be able, he'll have a reach advantage here as well. You know, Felipe is 75 inch reach. What, is, what does Arlovsky have? Arlovsky's a big boy. He should have a... Uh, yeah, he's got well. You got Probably a two longer. inch advantage, two inch reach advantage. But he should be able to uh, be uh, use the clinch here a little bit. And you know, you haven't seen much of Andre Arlovsky's ground game. But I'll tell you, you know, nobody thought that nobody knew uh, when he until he busted out that leg lock on Tim Sylvia, and we haven't seen that in a while. But you know, you saw uh, fifteen Felipe, years maybe, fifteen years ago. That was the first one of the first UFCs I ever seen, I ever saw. Um, but you know, here Felipe, he looked like a fish when he was on the bottom versus uh, the Mondovan fake monster Sergey Spivak. And you know, uh, Arlovsky's only really been losing to like pretty top of the le- level heavyweight. So he's here at an even price against Felipe. You know, you just have. to think that Felipe is going to be able to land Sherman fight like Goofy in that first. He has the power that Chase Sherman does, even especially in that first round. And he's not as big to be able to crowd Arlovsky and make him un- uncomfortable in the pocket. He's a guy that he's like, he, he wants to be in the middle of the octagon, you know, in that space. And I think that Arlovsky will get the fight that he wants here. I think he'll be able to, he, uh, he'll be able to land some kicks too on, on uh, Felipe. And he's going to be able to win this fight. I don't know if it's going to be by finish, decision, no idea. But I'm siding with Andre Arlovsky. I think that he'll be able to keep pace with uh, Carlos Felipe and uh, land the better shots. Yeah, you got to side with Arlovsky here. I mean, it, it could be one of those mushes where everyone piles in on one side. But I'm a little skeptical if you're not picking Arlovsky in this spot. I just feel um, like Carlos Felipe getting those past two fortunate decisions 
uh, against Tafa and Collier, that's got to be influencing this line, right? If both if if he lost one of those fights or if he lost both of them, I think that we would see Arlovsky as minus one thirty, minus one fifty here. But because uh, officially speaking, Carlos Felipe is on a three fight win streak, I think that's playing into this line here and. Arlovsky is just the more versatile striker, in my opinion. Um, I did a little research on Felipe in his last fight against Collier. He only threw five light kicks. He was digging to the body nice with punches, but this guy doesn't throw kicks to the upper half of the body. He barely throws light kicks. He doesn't throw knees or elbows. I mean, the guy is pretty much 95% boxing. And I just think that Andre Arlovsky is skilled enough of a fighter, so experienced that he is going to be able to defuse uh, a 95% boxer at this point in his career. Arlovsky has the leg kicks. He throws a lot more leg kicks and can really hurt his opponents with them. Um, I think he uh, has the better jab than Felipe as well. I think he's going to be longer. And I just don't think that Felipe is that good at pressuring either. Sometimes he walks forward on opponents, but he doesn't really cut off the cage well. He doesn't do much accumulated damage. And I think he had an extremely easy matchup against Justin Taffa, uh, another fellow pure boxer sorry there's a some gigantic helicopter flying above my house right now um but he had a, an easy matchup against another boxer in Tafa, and he still made that fight life or death and it was a split decision a lot of people disagree with it i think the majority of people have disagreed with back-to-back felipe decisions they thought Tafa and collier should have won um so I'll be riding with my boy Andre Arlovsky here i think the goes the distance on the, in this spot is also good ozzy i don't know if you mentioned that but like Minus 160 on FanDuel right now. I mean, that means that this fight ends by finish like 38% of the time. I think that's insanely high. Um, both these guys are durable. Neither guys are, are big one-punch knockout fit, uh, fighters. Um, I hate betting goes the distance, but I think goes the distance should be like minus 300 here. I don't know about What do you think about that, Ozzy? No, Jerry Lofsky's going to sleep this guy, man. I mean, I think there is, probably is more knockout potential on Arlovsky's side. So. I guess I'll stay away, but uh, I mean, Felipe knockout at plus 275, 300, that is a dog shit bet. Um, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, Felipe, the thing is, man, he just, there is, this is what I'm telling you, like, at range, like, he's not landing that clean on these guys. He's really not. And I don't think he's going to have that, he might have that confidence. He might be have that confidence to come in on Arlovsky, but I feel like Arlovsky would be able to get the clinch, turn this guy, move this guy around. Like, Arlovsky. This is a different when you get like to 40 years old, man. These heavyweights, they got a different kind of strength. So I think that Felipe, I mean, uh, Arlovsky be able to handle uh, this guy pretty well if they do lock up. Yeah. And, um, you know, you did briefly mention Arlovsky takedown. Hasn't landed a takedown in a while. 2018 was the last time he did. Um, but, I mean, Felipe did get, you know, completely dominated on top by uh, Spivak when we saw him on bottom. So. Wouldn't be the worst idea for Arlovsky to possibly mix in a takedown, but I'm not counting on it. I think even if the fight stays standing, Arlovsky's going to outbox him. I've got a bet on Arlovsky here. Going to add some more if he keeps going up. So, you know, everyone uh, keep betting Philippe. That's cool with me. And we'll scoop up that Arlovsky plus money. That's going to take us to the next fight. This shit show of a main event. Short notice fight. Women's featherweight division where we have Aspen Ladd minus 131, Norma Dumont plus 111. Um, so Aspen Ladd's getting rewarded with a main event here. Uh, she was supposed to fight two weeks ago, wasn't able to make weight. And there was a lot of controversy around that. She first weighed in at 141.5 pounds. Then she took her pants off and then weighed 137, allegedly. Um, 
But if you watch that video, her legs were shaking and trembling so badly, the the Nevada Athletic Commission couldn't get a weight on her for like four minutes. I've never seen a fighter in history stand on the scale as long as Lad did in that fight. So the woman was clearly in bad shape, uh, had a horrible weight cut. Things went pretty badly. And then here she is two weeks later getting in another fight with Norma Dumont in the main event. Uh, I don't understand that decision making at all. It's pretty stupid to me. Um, but like Ozzy has pointed out before, it seems like the UFC has a quota for women's main event. And even though that this fight did not deserve to be a main event in a million years, here we are somehow with this being a five round main event. So uh, just wanted to complain about this terrible fight they're they're making us watch as main event before we get into the actual matchup. But um, I think Lad is really terrible. Uh, you know, she's uh, extremely slow, hittable on the feet, no real striking technique. Um, she's not even that good of a wrestler. She throws that that screaming ground and pound on top that I find extremely annoying. And I think uh, Lad is just, you know, some chubby weight bully. Um, and now that she's going to be at 145, she's not going to be able to uh, bully women as much. And uh, Norma Dumont's probably going to piece her up when the fight is in on the feet. When it's in striking range, Norma Dumont is the much better striker, much more comfortable. And I think that Norma's probably going to be landing at will here versus Aspen Ladd. It's really a matter of uh, Aspen Ladd's wrestling. Um, does Norma Dumont have the takedown defense to stop those takedowns? And Norma Dumont's takedown defense is extremely unproven. I mean, in her UFC career, we haven't really seen her face many takedowns. There's extremely little footage of her before the UFC. You'll hear people say that um, she got taken down in the Marina Marais fight, which there was like some small footage out there. I mean, that fight was three or four years ago, and I feel like people have been relying on that fight, um, you know, to, to come to fruition now and for Dumont to show a bad bottom game, but it just doesn't happen. Felicia Spencer wasn't able to capitalize on her grappling advantage. Dumont shut her down at range, and... You know, I think Aspen Ladd's takedown defense is so, or her takedowns are so underwhelming and sloppy that, uh, you know, I, I have a hard time picking her here. I think it could look really similar to the fight we saw last week with Dern and Rodriguez, where uh, Ladd's going to have the grappling advantage here, but her wrestling and her striking, her footwork is all so choppy and sloppy that I think that she's going to have a hard time getting this fight down to the floor. And I'll definitely be cheering for my girl Norma Dumont to pull off the upset victory. Um, I just think she's a lot more fun of a fighter to watch. Aspen Ladd's coming off a two-year layoff and getting rewarded with a main event after missing weight. I mean, uh, Aspen Ladd it just shouldn't even be in this opportunity. So I really hope she loses. I hope Norma picks her apart. Um, but it also wouldn't surprise me if Ladd gets some easy bullshit takedown and some screaming, growling, ground-and-pound finish in annoying fashion. So I'll definitely be cheering for Norma here, but not enough confidence in her to actually bet on her. So no bets on this fight. Skip betting on this shit and uh, put all your money on Andre Arlovsky instead. So I'll pass this one over to you, Ozzy. Uh, give us your thoughts on this high-level main event. Uh, yeah, so, you know, this fight is at 145. I just want to touch on really quickly that uh, the weight uh -huh. thing with Fast Ladd in her last uh -huh. fight, like, whoa. So she weighed in at 140, and then right after is when the whole debacle with the taken, stripping down, and then shaking on the scales, right after, that's when that happened? Yeah, well, apparently... There was no period of time in between that where she, like, no, went back. And no, well, she weighed in with her, all of her clothes on the first time, at one, which makes no sense, 141.5 uh, pounds. And, I mean, I guess it's possible to lose a, a pound or two. I mean, maybe... 
two or three, but she went down four and a half pounds right, right. within like five so, minutes. Right out. Okay. So that was the thing. Like, and I saw what Misha Tate was saying too. I think that was all just a, you know, it was all BS. Like her shaking on, I don't think she was that in bad shape there. Like with the whole shaking and stuff, like there's no way you go from, she was very, very calm when she first weighed in. She was like, oh, okay, I'm going to take off all this clothes, which didn't make any sense. Like you say, and then she just shaking on the scale, like as if, you know, having the bad weight cut, it was all bullshit. You know, the girl's full of shit. Um, you know, she's a weight bully, like you said. You know, I think she's weighing, like, upwards of, like, 160 when she's uh, out of camp and all. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of the, the stuff where people say that, you know, she's really, really great, you know, in the grappling and stuff. You know, she has some skills overall. You know, she'll follow the hips a little bit well when she's fresh and all. But, you know, she has some, you know, takedown ability as well. But, you know, her striking is just terrible. Like, she's got no head movement. She has, you know, no real good, uh, no real uh, boxing fundamentals in terms of, you know, uh, combination punching, uh, you know, throwing kicks like off her. Her kicks are non-existent overall. And uh, and then, you know, when she's going into the clinch, you know, she has some clinch striking and all. But the thing is here, Norma, she'll be she's much better at range. Uh, but my biggest worry here is twofold. It's one, uh, you know, Norma did slow down significantly in that third round in that Felicia Spencer fight. But she whipped Felicia Spencer's as like pillar to post. Anybody trying to say otherwise, trying to say that Felicia Spencer, blah, 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 like she should have won that fight. I mean, she looked terrible in that fight. Norma schooled her on at distance overall with hands kicks everything um but this being a five round fight a little bit concerning uh given that lad you know even though i do think she does not have the best cardio either um she has a much like a pretty efficient style she's just like you know she she has like one speed like she has she does not vary like right you know take, take five real quick she's like uh, she's like a robot on the, you know, just, she's not really trying to throw you're good you're good yeah she's not really trying to throw too hard so i think her style is a little bit more efficient overall um you know and, and uh dumont you know does you know mix it mix it up a little bit better you know i would hope that norma maybe she gets her own takedown here i think that if she is on top of lad lad does not really have a bottom game to speak of but if she if lad does get on top you know she is uh opportunistic she knows to go to like those back clinch opportunities and like that top turtle game and stuff like that but you know i'm not i'm not touching this fight i'm not gonna bet it i would i would have taken dumont uh at plus 130 or better it was there for a little bit it got bet down a little bit so you know i do think that there will be a little bit more pop of aspen lad money but just you can't you can't call me being one of them this girl got iced as soon as she fought a girl that was her size. You know, she has no striking defense. Um, and, you know, Dumont should be able to punch her pretty cleanly in the face overall. And I do think that Dorma has some, you know, she's smart enough to be able to sprawl, stay away from the grappling when uh, when uh, Lad is shooting these telegraph takedowns and uh, hopefully make her pay uh, when this is on the feet. But she needs to be efficient with her gas tank. You know, she's been training for this five-round fight for a while. You know, she was initially fighting Holly Holm, which, you know, you got to be in shape to fight Holly Holm. So I hope that she has a cardio advantage here. Um, but I do hope that she wins. I'd be rooting for her here. I don't, you know, I don't think that a bet on either side, I'm not going to knock it too much. You know, if someone says, hey, you know, Dumas, Dumas has a big striking advantage, you know, I think she should, sprawl, should be, be able to sprawl and brawl here. 
can't argue with that. And if someone thinks that Labs is going to be able to land takedowns, you know, very much at will uh, and finish her, you know, I can't argue with that too much. But, you know, you just haven't seen her shoot that many takedowns overall, uh, you know, consistently. So if Dumont is sprawling, you know, I, I wouldn't be confident in Lad being able to, like, you know, attempt, like, you know, f three, four, five, six, seven takedowns, you know, and, and have to get multiple maybe in a round or, you know, have to shoot multiple times in a round. So no bet for me. Uh, I'll probably pick Lad just to maybe, you know, end up on top and, you know, put some damage on Norma maybe in, in some later rounds. But maybe the under here uh, is it has some potential because uh, because of how hittable Lad is. Yeah, some quick closing thoughts. Um, you know, I think the fact that Lad ended her last fight with a win, a knockout win, I think it is good for Norma here because I said this the last time that she fought. She just strikes me as one of those women who doesn't really look to improve much. She's, you know, she won her last fight. She won by knockout. She probably thinks everything is all good in her mind. But she really showed a ton of weaknesses in that Yana Kuniskaya fight. I think she showed a lot more negative than she showed positive. And I think that she's probably going to walk away from that fight thinking, oh, I, we got the win, we got the knockout, just keep doing what we're doing. But in reality, she's got a lot to work on. And I, and I doubt that she really improved on a lot of that. I just don't trust her to make improvements. I don't think that she's a good fighter. I did forget about that, that uh, last coming off, you know, that ACL reconstruction hasn't fought in over two years now. So a lot of red flags for me, but you know the the price isn't crazy, so you know. And I what about this new that. weight class? You know, she's she's fighting heavier. She's I could see her, you know, maybe getting a little tired, maybe being a little more slow than usual, but fighting on ten pounds heavier, you know. And for sure. I, I don't I, tr I don't trust her in the slightest bit. No, and I think this is actually almost our third time analyzing Lad on the podcast. Yet she's she hasn't fought yet. The first time versus Chiasin, she got canceled like right as we were analyzing the fight. Uh, second time we analyzed it, the, it got canceled. Hopefully, third time's the charm. Hopefully, uh, the fight ends up happening. Although, it would be hilarious if Lad misses weight at 145. Uh, that would be the cherry on top, honestly. Um, but that's going to do it for this podcast. You know, 11 fights. We went through it in about an hour and 10 minutes. Um, sorry about Ozzy's internet connection. Just some weird uh, choppy internet. Nothing you can really do about that. But, uh, you know, hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Hope you all been winning some money the past few uh, events. You know, we're 10 events down. Uh, I'm up like 13 units. Ozzy's up like 33 units or some crazy shit like that. So I uh, hope you all been enjoying the podcast. Thank you all for supporting. Make sure you're uh, liking and following on whatever podcast app you listen to. And that's going to do it for this week. We'll see you all before the next UFC event. <laughs>